All right, everyone. My name is Sean Chung Lee. Welcome to the podcast. If you've been here before, welcome back. And if you're new, welcome to the family. I think for today, we can just relax and just talk honestly. Um, so, if any of you know what Applack is, AP Ling and communication I'm an apple at my school this year and one of our prompts for an essay we had to write was talking about owning talking about ownership and the question was like what do you think about ownership um, I was writing about what I believe owning things does and what it means and the true meaning of being fulfilled and success and fulfillment I think it as is I mean, for societal terms, quote-unquote, making it is being rich, having a lot of popularity, having a big house, having a nice car, getting a lot of girls, whatever. However, there are some millionaires and billionaires who are completely miserable. And it's like, you have so much money, you have a big house, you, you, why are you miserable? You're married, you've got kids, why are you miserable? And I think about it, it's the amount of materialistic things that you have doesn't amass or doesn't equate to being fulfilled or being happy. Um, Personally, I really think that as a society, we can begin to redefine fulfillment and success, not as in having money, as in having cars or a big house, or being popular, being a celebrity, but true success, true fulfillment as in being happy. Because you look at these millionaires who are successful on paper, but in their real life, they're miserable. And why is that? It's the quality of your emotions is the quality of your life. And you look at the, their emotions every day, they're stressed. I gotta get this business working. I gotta go to my meeting. I gotta go take care of my kids. I need to get my car fixed. And they're constantly stressed. Oh, this person let me down. Um, I don't really like my message or for my business. My why isn't that strong. There's so many factors to it, and it's very unfortunate because for someone who has so much money, why is it that they are so devastated every single day of their life? Um, if any of you are familiar with Tony Robbins, he did he he did um, he talked about it one day, where I think his mentor or teacher told him like, "Listen, Tony, you have the tools." To be a millionaire, to be a built, to be whatever you want. Tony said, "Mister, I, my family were a middle class family. I'm just a high schooler, or I don't really know what you mean." Or however Tony was at the time, his mentor said, "Son, you have what it takes to be someone who can change the world. You have gratitude." And we think about it I feel like gratitude is way overlooked because yeah we celebrate Thanksgiving well once a year but true gratitude not even true gratitude it, let's go beyond that true fulfillment true success what does that look like if any of you have listened to my podcast before I talk about bliss so much and I truly 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 believe it that true fulfillment true success true happiness true whatever comes from this 
point of bliss, true gratitude, being grateful for whatever you have, things you have comes from bliss. Bliss is not a byproduct. Bliss is the factors and the product of everything. Because whatever you're feeling, it's, it's, it, it's going to reflect on everything else you do. If I'm feeling happy, it's going to reflect on my performance. You know, if I'm upset, it's going to reflect on my performance. So we go back to talking about millionaires and billionaires where it's like, why are they so miserable? It's because they're not fulfilled. They have so much money. They contribute to the world. Yeah, but are they contributing to their own health, to their own well-being? They're not. Uh, I want to talk about, in my paper too, for Applock, I talk about a very famous person. And all of you are familiar with him, Robin Williams. Talking about a guy who won several awards for his movies, acted in so many movies. Uh, he was uh, one of one actors, you know, the top of the top of the chain for acting. He would travel the world. He made millions, millions of people happy. He changed so many people's lives. And how did he pass? How did, how did Robert Williams pass away? Is he committed suicide? It's so tragic. We had to ask ourselves, what could we, you know, what happened, Robin? He was so, he was so, he was so, at least in person, or he, the persona he put on, he was so happy. We have to understand that no matter how much he had on the inside, he was at war with himself, you know? And even for people that I know, and even myself, sometimes I'll be at the highest of highs, and some days I'll be at the lowest of lows, like wait Sean you have everything you want you have everything that you could imagine to have I do but I'm at war with myself I'm devastated why why am I devastated because I'm not feeling gratitude I'm not feeling positive emotions I'm feeling crap I'm feeling despair desperation depression sadness anger it's it's it eats away at my well-being eats away at and, and, and from Williams, it was so bad for him. He couldn't even live with himself anymore, you know? And I want to talk about that for a second, where it's like everyone wants popularity. Everyone wants... But it's... I don't think people understand the, the true scope of it, is that when you are popular, when a lot of people know you, it's very demanding. And if you are not self-aware, you can almost be putting on a uh, persona... And if you listen to my other podcasts, I talk about why I'm scared to get big on media, scared to have my name out there. It's because I'm scared of putting on a fake persona that is not who I am. I'm scared of having an alter ego, which who I am online versus who I am in real, in real life. That's scary because it's so demanding. You need to be a whole other person online than you are in real life. It's so demanding. It's so draining. For Robin Williams, the deep-rooted problems that he had, he was already so deep into who the world thought he was. It was so hard for him to go back to who he really, really wanted to be. And in doing that, he was like a different person to himself. No one else saw it, but he felt it. He didn't like who he was. He didn't like how he felt. Yeah, he smiled. Yeah, he laughed and everything. But deep, deep, deep inside, there's this small ounce of fake persona that, again, amasses and grows and just destroys your well-being. For me, I'm scared of that happening. For Robin Williams, it happened to him. He couldn't live with himself anymore because of this alter ego that he created in front of the world. A fake, a quote-unquote fake persona. You know, something that was not deeply rooted, me fixed. That's something that's so important is confrontation. 
Not just with Asa, but with yourself. What are these problems? What are you feeling? Get real with yourself. You know, feel these emotions. Where where did this problem happen? When I was six years old, something happened at home and it changed my life. I'm 26 now and this problem keeps coming up again and again because I never fixed it. Because when I was six years old, it happened and I learned how to survive. Or um, when you're a freshman in high school, right? Your, um, your dog died and one of your uh, really close aunts passed away. And that made it really hard for you to fall in love with them because you felt if you get close with someone, they would leave your life. And you're now, um, you're now a senior in college and one of your best, best friends from a long time ago uh, needs help. They're having a hard time in their life and they need your help, but you can't provide their help for them because you forgot how to love. You forgot how to show vulnerability. You forgot how to care. And that is your senior college. That happened when you were a freshman in high school. But those deep, deep rooted problems, if you don't solve them with massive action, with getting a, a hundred million thousand percent real with yourself, don't go away. For me, one of the problems I had um, personally was why is it that it is so hard for me to do the small things? You know, getting up in the morning, drinking some water. Why is it so hard for me just to be there, be present with someone? You know, what are these deep rooted problems? And I went back, I went back to what happened to me is I learned how to survive. You know, I never really learned how to be a, a, a regular human being from my parents. I never, in, in, in high school, I'm still in high school now, but freshman and sophomore year, I was so tainted and so jaded that I learned how to survive. Um, and for a time, it was really hard for me to be present. I've been working really hard and I got real with myself. I solved those deep, deep problems. I asked myself, what is happening? Why is this happening to me? You go back to the, to the absolute deepest, deepest, deepest parts of your brain, of your psyche, of your past. And you think, what happened to me? What happened to me? And how can I fix it? Because the first part of solving a problem is addressing the problem. And I address those problems. I solve them. And it's so tragic because it doesn't, because no matter how much therapy someone would go through or how much help they would seek, the one person that is going to really, really help someone in need will be to ask them what happened to you. Let's dissect and get deeply rooted to the real issues, to the real problems of what happened to you. I feel like now everyone is so. They're so sensitive and they just scratch the surface. They're afraid to confront. They're, 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 they're scared to feel. No, you need to go back to the deepest and darkest parts of your deeply rooted who you are as a person. And those things, if they're problems, you address them. You talked with your, you, you, you talk to a therapist, talk to a counselor. And people want to help you, you know? And that's why, that's why, um, what I'm doing and, and why I'm here is to create a safe environment for everyone to feel welcome, everyone to feel warm, just to get this energy of, of growth, of healing, of self-improvement. And at the end of the day, it's not about, oh, um, if I do, it's, it, it's not about impressing people. It's not about um, uh, being boastful. And, and, and to be honest, it takes so much humility and People who are quote-unquote shaming or shameful of going to therapy or self-improvement, nah, dude. It, self-improvement and, and, and self-investment is 
and humility are things that are overlooked. It's so important, and I believe that it's so important to take care of yourself and and really, really dig deep and understand who you are as a person to grow. And 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 when you're happy yourself, create those skills that you can share with the world. You know, and it's 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 it's, it's difficult because. There's no, there's no way to learn. Like no one has ever taught us how to self-improve. No one has ever taught us how to grow, how to get better. It's sort of just been this like grayish, white white, like, like, this grayish, um, sort of musky, muggy kind of idea of how to get better. But there's no, there's no real way. You know, I'm, I by no means an expert. But these are the things that I think about and that have helped me cope with my interpersonal problems. Um, and thinking about it now, it's why are these big millionaires and so miserable? Like I said, the quality of your life is a quality of motion, but we can add to it. We can build on to it. Not only are you working to fix your emotions, but you're also working on fixing issues that happened a long time ago. Um... Uh, an example I want to bring up is, like I said, let's, um, for an example of myself would be in, in middle school, I am very passionate about music and my parents didn't really support that. So going through middle school and freshman and sophomore year, I learned how to survive my own household and that was... Uh, shutting myself off for the world because I thought if I want to be who I am not everyone's going to accept me I, I taught myself that learning how to survive so it became hard for me to accept who I was and, and to be who I want to be to be who I am and now that I've, I've, I've but what I did the summer for my junior year and even into my junior year I'm still working on it now it's I go back to the deepest, deepest rooted problems. And for me, the problem was I learned how to survive. You know, I shut myself off to the entire world because I thought that if I was myself, no one would accept me, which is completely the opposite. That's not the case. There are people who want to help you. There are people in the world. There's so many people that are on your side. So that's completely not the case. And, um, Another thing that I find really interesting is why is that, you know, for self-help, self-improvement, self-investment, why is it shameful? It should be encouraged. You know, self-improvement should be encouraged. Uh, my, my mind just went blank. Anyways, I don't know. Those things have been on my mind, and I just I came on here to the podcast just to talk. How are you guys? How's your weekend? Mm-hmm. Uh, something that I learned recently. If any of you follow Ed Milet, one of his podcasts, he talks about time. And it's 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 weird because if you think about the concept of time, like this is true for everybody. If everyone has the same amount of time. Everyone has the same amount of things, but it's just like what Ed said. What Ed Milet said that 
got me thinking really hard is the true leaders and true people who make change see time in a completely different way. They learn how to manipulate time and and make time work for us. Take advantage of it. It's almost like a spell, or, but it's it's crazy because everyone has the same amount of time, but rather than just letting the time pass, true leaders and true doers manipulate time and use time. It's it's a crazy thing. But one thing that I've learned that works for myself is this concept of mini sprints. Mini sprints. Uh, there's another podcast. If any of you know Bart Kwan and Gio Antoinette, they're a really cute family online. Look them up. They got a channel. They got everything. But one thing Bart said on his Barber Brigade, uh, no, on his on his uh, podcast, Bearcast, talked about mini sprints. I don't remember which episode it was specifically, but what Bart said really, really hit me. He was saying where, okay, if you were to uh, cover distance, right? Let's say you want to run um, 1,600 yards, okay? Now, he said, he, he said the way that he learned it was with HIT, high intensity interval training. So for HIT, it's you go really, 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 really hard, and then you take a small break. Really, really hard, take a small break. Or if you went moderate for a long time. So he was saying is you get the same results that you get in five minutes of high intensity interval training than you do uh, in, in half an hour of basic training. So example with a 1600 meters is you can take a small jog and, and do the whole 1600 meters in like um, 10 minutes or break it up into 400 meter chunks where it's okay I'm going to sprint this 400 meters I'm going to run as fast as I can as 400 meters is a, lot, is a lot of distance then I'm going to take a 30 second break I'm going to do it again and it's, it, instead of taking 10 minutes to run 1600 meters it takes you um, 8 minutes so you get the same amount of work done you did in less time you know and if you like for Bart he talked about doing emails he said I put a timer for 20 minutes and I do as many emails as I can really fast and I did the same amount of work that I could have done in an hour because he did 20 minutes of emails and then he took a 5 minute break and after like after an hour, he already answered two hundred emails. And it takes some people to, and it takes some people uh, like two or three hours to two hundred emails. He did in one hour. Um, for me personally, I was just thinking about like homework and school. Is I did five hours worth of homework. I did all my homework, and it was crazy because in the past, the same amount of homework, the same exact amount of homework, would take me all day eight or nine hours to do all day. And at nighttime, would take me who knows four to uh four to five hours now i've i've done that i've done mini sprints i see it okay i'm gonna work on one assignment for 15 minutes only i'm gonna sprint it and do it as as efficiently and as best and as quickly as i can and i get more work done in 15 minutes than the past where i got it done in 45 minutes and it's it's it's, it's crazy because it's this concept of oh my goodness we all have the same amount of time but why is it that the doers and the and the and, and the greats can get so much more done? Is this concept of manipulating time to your own liking? 
words, you do mini sprints. You get as much done as you can in 15 minutes. The same amount of progress that you would have got done in 45 minutes. It's the same uh, concept as high intensity interval training. You burn the same amount of calories in 10 minutes than you could have an hour on the treadmill. It's a crazy thing. Another thing Ed Marat said was talking about days. This is, I, I love this concept so much. was breaking up your days into mini days, quote unquote. Who made the rule up of having 365 days a year, you know, 52 weeks, 7 days a week, 25 hours in a day? Who made up that concept? No, what Ed Marat said is he has mini days. So his first day is from 6 a.m. to noon. Second day is from noon to 6 p.m. And his last day is from 6 p.m. to 12 to midnight. I don't really have that same structure. I have a different structure than him. But it's just this concept of manipulating time is why do I only have one day a day when you can have three? So he said it's, it, it's accumulative. In three days, you would have nine days. It's accumulative. In 365 days, you have over a thousand days. And you see it. If you can get 10 things done in one day, what if you got 10 things done in six days? Or 10 things done in six hours? That's crazy. 10 times three, because you have three days per day, 30 things, that, that, I mean, that's insane. It's gonna accumulate over time, and it's just gonna skyrocket your progress. I have something a little bit different. I don't have three days, I have like two-ish, just because um, I school, and school's one day, and then when I get back from school, is another day. But I'm pretty sure that when I get older, and I can, I don't have work, I don't have school, I can structure my days in doing that. You know, so for me, my day one is school, my day two is coming back from school. So um, rather than seeing it as a one full day, I see it as two days. And I try to get as much done on the first day at school. And I try to get as much done on the second day at school. And it's the same concept. If you combine the mini sprints that Bart Kwan from uh, the Bearcast talks about, you combine that with Ed Milet of getting more done in, in, in more days per day. I mean, you're talking about insane amount of progress, insane amount of progress. But I just want to keep adding. Let's just keep going with this. This is amazing. When you're doing all of that, there's obviously an immense amount of demand and stress and struggle. Your body is going to get taxed. Your mind is going to get taxed. You're going to be exhausted 100% for sure. Now, how do you, how does, you know, how, how does that work? How does that avoid that? If any of you know uh, Tony Gonzalez, he's a Hall of Famer, got put in the Hall of Fame just really recently. Look him up. Um, he and Ed Malia talked on their other podcast talking about um, think about the flow state, you know, thinking with your heart. And talk about this other day on my other podcast about bliss. So I think that it's the power to do anything, the power to achieve whatever you want, to accomplish any goal you want is bliss, right? So I, I think about it is... You have your mini sprints going on. You have your uh, your days. You're structuring your days into multiple days, and you're getting so much done. But in order to tax and get really into that flow state where you let your subconscious take over, let your heart take over, it's um, it, it excuse me, I got it, I got it, hold on, I got it. When you let your heart take over, your subconscious take over, it's passion. It's loving what you do. And um, it's it's difficult because, like I say, when you're at bliss, you have a different mindset. 
it's a bit of a niche thing because if you combine compassion and you love what you do with that bliss, it's like this trifecta effect. But think about it, I'm a student, you know, I don't really always love doing homework. I don't really always love learning about US history or learning about AP physics. But we all understand this concept of learning to love the process, right? So if I love the process, I'm actually interesting because like I said when you're at bliss you're in a different mindset and now that I have bliss and I've attained it not 100% all the time but most of the time I really try to push and strive for bliss the different mindset is that actually I enjoy what I'm learning I enjoy what I'm doing it's passion you know my number one passion is being happy you know and contributing to others but I can turn that switch on that feeling on when I'm learning about physics I can get passionate about it I can enjoy the process I can love the process. And that helps with that flow state because you're making it easier to learn. You know, if any of you know Simon Sinek, he says when you put a lot of work into something but you're scared, that's stress. When you put a lot of work into something but you enjoy it, it's called passion. And if you're going to spend so much time in school or you're going to spend so much time learning, why not learn to enjoy it? You know, why not learn to love the process? So, I mean, we're talking about so many good things right now. We're talking about the quality of emotions is the quality of your life. We're talking about bliss. We're talking about many sprints, how to get more done in the same amount of time that you would. Um, if we're talking about if you got the same amount done in the shorter amount of time than you would a longer span of time, about spacing out your days in a different way, about learning to love, learning to love what you do, learning to love the process. It's all these different things that boost all these. I couldn't say small things anymore because they're really big. They're really granular. They're really, uh, uh, um, they're really big. They're really grand, you know. And these, and these are things. Is as you practice them, they easier and easier and easier. But these are the concepts. These are the mindsets. These are the things that the doers and the great, great, greats think about what about what they're doing. It's just that, for me, personally, I guess now we can ask the question: Is okay you have all this knowledge um what is it that i can work on what i'm struggling for me what i'm really struggling on is building new habits um a really big habit that i want to learn how to build is every night before i go to bed i usually like to um browse on my phone a little bit i just like to i like to browse on my phone and then go and then fall asleep that way i don't want to do that anymore i just want to be able to just do my do my night routine you know, meditate and go to sleep. It's a bad habit because, like I said, you got stuff going on. You want to text your friends. You want to text whatever. But I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, is it necessary for me to sacrifice that? And let me explain what I mean. Because I think it's interesting where it's like we have all this talk of people who meditate in the morning for an hour. People who do yoga for 20 minutes before they go to sleep. You know, and those things help. Those things help for your mindset. People who breathe and meditate, they get their mind right. They get their mind right. But something that I want to challenge is, do we need to meditate? Excuse me. Do we need to do those things with our brain to get to that point? Because like I said, when you're at bliss, it's a whole different mindset. And I think when you're at bliss, it's, it's not really necessary to... You know, do those things to quote-unquote activate it. You know? 
I think me, I'm at a constant state of flow, constant state of bliss that I don't a hundred I don't see the the need to meditate. Obviously it's gonna help. Obviously. But what I'm challenging is when I do things, I'm so focused, I'm so immersed, I'm sprinting, I'm running, I'm I'm thinking, I'm I'm going, I'm going, I'm Another thing that I, I really want to add, though, is when you're at this uh, elevated state of mind, everything becomes clear. You know, what you want becomes clear. Your sense of direction, your relationships, what you're thinking about. You ever thought about what you think about? Your thoughts become clear about what you're thinking about. <laughs> think about that. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I know there's a lot of. I mean, this is like a really good podcast. This is a lot of good, got a lot of good content in here. But um, you know, where I'm at, it's getting late. I got to school. I gotta get ready. So I just wanna, I just wanna keep passing the love, keep passing the passion. You know, take what you will. We're all, I'm, I'm, I'm all open. I'm open ears. I wanna hear you guys, and um, keep it real. You know. I'm here. I, I I care about you guys. I want to know what's going on, and and send me feedback. Like I said, I'm open. I'm all ears, and hopefully, eventually, over time, we can um, start to grow, and I can really help people, and really and really contribute. You know, and get something really beautiful going on. So, my name is Sean Chung Lee. This is the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed. If you've been here before. Welcome back, and if you're new, welcome to the family. Alright, y'all. Keep it real now and take care.